0: This is a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand. For oh, the
1: times, they are a-changing.
0: Welcome to Red Flags and Red Cards, Episode <laughs> 4. Thank you for making it this far. Coming to you live from my hometown, Prince
1: George, Virginia, and we've got Josh coming. Where are you right now? <laughs> I am in Raleigh right now, um, but by the time this podcast drops, I will be back in Charlotte. Got some family from out west that just, uh, they should be landing any minute now. Um, so I'm going there to s- stay with my family and visit some family. So that'll be nice.
0: Are you going there tonight? Yes. Oh, that's nice. the
1: plan. If I'm too tired, I might just wait till the morning, but uh, be there for about five days so that'll be nice oh sick
0: yeah that is awesome well hey everyone it's um it's been a week that's why this podcast is dropping a little bit later as of late it's been nothing but racing and snippets bits of everything in between uh so
1: soccer's just around the corner it
0: is um we could probably jump into that real quick before we get into everything else um recently the mls they set their tournament date which is very exciting uh so we'll be seeing some mls return to complete to complete the 2020 tournament they're calling it the mls is back tournament i mean they really could have thought something a little more
1: right i don't
0: know it's like oh okay it's cool
1: mls is back tournament
0: yeah i'm very excited but uh i think Oh, I guess I picked up the wrong article here. There are no um, dates on this article I picked. Wow, I'm the worst. Oh, the July 8th is when it starts.
1: Yes, July 8th is the group stages. So all 20, is it 26 teams in the league now? It's, yes. Yes, 26 teams. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. They keep adding uh, teams every year, partly because it's... Might be a Ponzi scheme, but that's a whole nother topic for another <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, there's 26 teams now, and they're going to have a Concacaf World Cup style tournament with a round robin stages, and then going into elimination rounds, um, which will just be a fun time. Um, especially oh, sure. When, is this this is Nashville's first year, right?
0: Yeah, wait, what a year to jump in! <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but that'll be a pretty exciting tournament. Um, definitely something to look forward to. Um, all the games are going to be played in Orlando um, from, like you said, July eighth through August eleventh, um, and it it should just be a good time um, to have, you know, sports going like crazy. Um, with the way that's set up, I guess it'll probably have a World Cup type feel where you're getting multiple games a day, right?
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, that's what that's what makes the World Cup so great. And you, depending on where it is in the world, you know, you can turn it on in the morning and you're watching soccer until you know, early afternoon, and then you mm-hmm. can turn on another sport. So that's kind of how this is going to look. I think this will give a lot of attention to the MLS. It'll probably make it a little more exciting. Um, I've always enjoyed watching MLS, but never really had a team to really root for. I was kind of, you know, DC United a little bit. But now that we have a Nashville team, I'll definitely be more engaged in the, in the tournament. Uh, it should be real exciting. I mean, a whole season condensed within a month. That, that should be very fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and so there's, their plan is to still keep playing the season afterwards. Okay, um, all right. So I missed that. The, the group stage games will actually count as regular season games. Um, okay. And then the, the knockout rounds will just be like knockout round, you know, your normal tournament. And then the regular season will pick up after the tournament as well. Um, so, I mean, it'd be a good time to pick a team, per se. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for... Uh, I. I've often said I'll become a Philadelphia Union fan, um, but that's not going to happen. So now I'm kind of waiting for Charlotte. That's <laughs> to, an interesting choice <laughs> to join the league. <laughs> yeah, I I grew up ten minutes from Philly, or I was born ten minutes from Philly, and always feel like I should root for a Philly team. Mm-hmm. And I just I've just never been able to do it.
0: So you're so you kind of grew up in Buffalo, or did you have family in Buffalo?
1: Yeah, I I was in New. We were in South Jersey till I was eight, and then I, we were outside of Buffalo until I was fourteen, which is you know the formative years of sports fandom mm-hmm. from that eight to fourteen, um, oh, yeah. and then been in North Carolina pretty much ever since, other than our four year, four or five year, however long it was, stint in Lynchburg. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> what is time? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad you clearly have more knowledge on the uh, MLS season. I just have right. the website open right oh, now. Oh, perfect. <laughs> We're not as smart as everyone, <laughs> as everyone thinks we are. Uh, yeah, so that is very exciting. Um, one more sport to come back, and yeah, we'll just save NASCAR till the end because this because mm-hmm. we'll just flow right into this. So MLS comes back July 8th, and July 10th is Phase Three of the NHL returning, which is very exciting. Um, Phase three is when teams can return to their home cities, I believe, and and full on, uh, basically practices.
1: Yes. And yeah, the, which they'll... will be
0: followed up by uh, exhibitions, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think there's gonna be uh, basically they'll restart with training camp, um, and there will probably be a couple exp- exhibition games, exposition games, exhibition <laughs> games, um, to just kind of get them warmed up. But it won't be much, and then they're they're launching into the. The playoffs, which is going to be a wild, wild and fun time.
0: I am all for it. I think what I've been reading is that they're going to do two uh, of those exhibition games. Okay. So let's, let's see here July 10th start date for camps and gives teams sufficient time to secure travel and facilities to execute proper preparations for phase four. Phase four being we're playing, we're, we're playing hockey. Mm hmm. Um, It looks like, from what I've been reading, that um, as far as host cities go, one could be Vegas, because according to the NHL, they have the best ice. Who knew?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's surprising. The desert has the best ice. Yeah, uh,
0: that's got the best ice, and so that would be for the West uh, conferences, and then for the East, they're thinking Toronto.
1: Yeah, a lot of it depends on whether or not the border gets opened up. I know Canada's got that tight. policy. Yeah, their policy right now is once you enter the country, you have to be quarantined for 14 days. Mm. Um, and the NHL's trying to get a uh, some type of exception, um, or hoping they change the rules before then, because I'd like to have a Canadian market. Um, but if not, they have, I think, a couple, a couple options. I want to say Minnesota. Uh, Minneapolis was an option for Um, possibly hosting the East. And there's one or two other cities I think considered. Okay. um, But Toronto's there. What they'd like most its where the league headquarters are and all that stuff. That would be a
0: good spot for it, for sure. It's kind of like NASCAR with every other race being at Charlotte right now.
1: Right, (laughs) right. Which would be great if Charlotte wasn't the worst track in...
0: (laughs) As I take a sip of coffee, I'd like to point out real quick, I have a cup of coffee. A can of sparkling water that I have opened, and my regular water bottle, so I'm kind of covered on all bases with drinks right now. I just want to point that out to everybody. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, kind of the news on the NHL. Um, yeah. Nothing um, really more than that, I guess.
1: Now, just at least there's something they're working towards, unlike baseball. Oh my gosh, it's stressing me out. It's it's. I feel like,
0: I don't know. It's just like a bickering couple. <laughs> like yes, a- was it yesterday, MLB proposed a 76-game season tying salaries to postseason, and then the MLBPA, which is the Major League Baseball Players Association, countered with an 89-game season. That was start July 10th and end October 11th. Hmm. I,
1: I think the big thing's money was the big thing thats that yeah. they're going to split over. Um so, but Rob Manifred said, Manfred, whatever his name is, the, the commissioner of baseball said, yeah. like, unequivocally, we will have baseball this year, uh, which means we will have baseball this year, uh, probably. Um, and there's also a chance of the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays temporarily becoming the Buffalo Blue Jays, Oh. which I'd be all in favor of.
0: <laughs> That'd be so cool. Where would they play?
1: Um, there's the, the Bills, or the Bills, the Buffalo's A team. As oh a, cool, uh, a stadium. Um, that's pretty nice. So, all
0: right. Well, That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the players have yet to back away from their full prorated salary position, while various MLB plans would pay players anywhere from twenty three to thirty five percent of their one hundred and sixty two game salaries. So there's just kind of a lot of that going on. Right. With the with it's, the money, I get the I think the prorated know. thing is a is a. That seems fair to me from an outside perspective.
1: Yeah, I know at one point it was like the owners were coming to him they're like, "Okay, we want you to play 60% of the games and we're going to give you 20% of the money." And I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh-uh. messed up. But uh granted like 20% season. is a lot
0: for average Joe. But right. but uh for them not not so much, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, so baseball and then basketball's got its plan to come back, which is great. Other than the fact that uh, it leaves my Hornets as the first team out, which is rather unfortunate. But, what, what's their
0: know, plan? I haven't even haven't gotten any notifications on that.
1: They're gonna have a a, a twenty two league or twenty two teams are coming back, um, and they're kind of kind of uh, last I'd heard they're working towards kind of a round robin for those to finalize it down to the 16 teams um and then they'll have the standard playoffs from 16 down to you know the champion which basketball more so than any sport the playoff doesn't matter you kind of have those five teams that have a chance at winning it and it's going to be one of those five teams right no matter what so um that makes things a bit tougher um yeah
0: so that's all the in-between stuff I think
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So the only sport going on though is we got we got racing happening, um, which had its share of drama on and off the track. Um, do we want to start by skipping through Atlanta? Um, oh
0: man, so sad. So such a snooze. Was it how many cars are on the lead lap? I don't even remember.
1: I think it was uh nine, at I, the think end or was, I think it was I think it
0: was nine, yeah, so that kind of in a nutshell tells you how Atlanta was which was such a bummer. I always look forward mm-hmm. to Atlanta giving hoping to give it the benefit of the doubt
1: that it'll be boring, and it just turns out boring the The one thing <laughs> I'll say about Atlanta is it kinda what it basically does is the best cars and drivers end up at the top um if you look at the top ten for that race, there's literally no surprises. It's like, okay, Kevin Harvick won. Yeah, that's it's Atlanta. Kevin Harvick always seems to win Atlanta, or at least be the dominant car there. Um, second and third place were Joe Gibbs cars. You had two Penske cars in the top 10, two Hendrick cars in the top 10. It was pretty much as chalk as you could probably get for a race, which I think brings out both the appeal of Atlanta um, and kind of the negative side of Atlanta, where it's just kind of the appeal is the best end up, the best do the best. Yeah. Um, but the downside is that it's not necessarily exciting.
0: No, it's just clean air, clean air, clean air.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't even know if a shorter race would have helped the fact that it would have been a snooze fest. The only thing that would, it would have helped was it would have been over sooner. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, that's another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But in light of, well, I guess speaking of possible snooze fest, Nashville is coming back, which is excited, exciting, or is it? What's your take on this before I before I have my opinion on this? We might be um, we might share the same opinion.
1: Yeah, so I'm not as against this as other people are, um, unless this hurts a chance at the fairgrounds um, happening. If this, because the fear is that. They come out with this they have a race there it's really boring and people don't go to nashville speed super speedway um, because it is a d-shaped oval it's a bit smaller than the usual ones it's 1. 1.3 miles i yep. believe yeah um but it's a super wide track um and with the way these cars are it'll probably it's really easy to imagine it being a uh, a pretty dull race of them just going, so it's great that you're working. They're working to get the Nashville market that they recognize that as a place that they really need to have racing, um, but it's the wrong track. Um, and so, if it's part of a master plan to get us to the fairgrounds, great. Um, but my fear is that it isn't going to help us get to the fairgrounds. It's going to hurt. So that's where I'm at. Well,
0: as a as a Nashville resident, I was. When you first told me, for those who don't know, this news was released uh, like an hour after we recorded last week's podcast, (laughs) Um, so here we are sharing the news. I was excited at first, but then I started really diving into it, thinking, oh no, it's a D-shape. It's 1.3 miles. It's basically a bigger Iowa. Is that a fair thing, except Iowa's asphalt and a little more banking?
1: Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean the fact that it is concrete does kind of set this track apart. But Iowa, yeah, that's probably Iowa's like a bigger Richmond. That's true. And this is probably a bigger, a bigger Iowa. Would that's a good comparison? Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think at the the pro I see is that NASCAR is back in Nashville, but that's kind of the only pro I see. For those who don't know about Fairground Speedway, Fairground Speedway is a half mile. It's a, it's a shy bit it's shy bigger than um Bristol. It's 5 it's 0.56 I think. And uh Martinsville's 0.533. And it's got it's really it's wide. It's got great banking and it's it's super fast for a half mile. Not quite as fast as Bristol. But it it's it's, it's its own track. It it's kind of hard to compare it to Bristol or Martinsville, really. The hurdles that NASCAR is going to have to jump through with Metro Nashville officials doesn't look good if this uh, super SuperSpeedway race does not pan out well. Mm. They already so many people already want the fairgrounds, fairgrounds Speedway to be gone to make way for a parking lot for the. Soccer stadium, that, that'll be right next door. People are also complaining about noise, which to me, for, I'm just thinking, okay, noise, it's one, one tops two weekends out of the whole year. Are we really going to complain about that? Because a lot of my dad and I were, we drove past Richmond Raceway uh, two, two or three days ago and I, we're driving past it and I'm looking like, man, there are houses next to the speedway it's a neighborhood a two-lane road parking lot racetrack so so having a neighborhood around a racetrack is nothing nothing new i don't know i'm all over the map with this i just I, I, dale jr made a good point he said i would have rather them had not gone to nashville at all and waited a few years to get the fairgrounds speedway to where it needs to be to host nascar and then we just go straight to the fairgrounds rather than kind of tiptoe our way there test the waters to see if people are going to come to the super speedway and then we'll decide if we want to revamp the fairgrounds it just seems like an added step that that was unnecessary hmm. i don't know so yeah. that's where that's kind of where i'm at
1: <laughs> i guess it's like a some taking incremental steps is like putting lipstick on a pig i've heard that expression once all right <laughs> <laughs> that might, now I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, it's like, you know, it's still at the end of the day, it's it's still a pig that I guess you'd rather eat or something. I don't know. That analogy ended on me pretty poorly. <laughs> so in any event, <laughs> there's a, I don't, uh, yeah, I, we'll see. I'm I'm glad that at least there's, we know of one new speedway that will be on the, out there next year. Yeah. Um, but again, we want more short tracks. That's what we keep saying. Um, so hopefully that this isn't the end of it. Hopefully NASCAR um, brings in like a Gateway, or um, which I guess Gateway is a little bigger. It's closer to a mile, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, like
0: one point one, but it's it's kind of like a flat, a very flat Darlington. Cause they uh, mm-hmm. was it turns, is it turns one and two? They pinch in a little bit, and three and yeah. four a little wider. That's a cool racetrack. Yeah. I like I like Gateway.
1: Yeah. And it's, I remember the Xfinity races there back in the day, they kind of have a a short track feel to them, Mm -hmm. um, which is what you want. And then, you know, to get like a, um, a street course or something like that, that would be fascinating for next year. Um, I know there's rumors of possibly Portland, which is where they have IndyCar races. Um, Is that a street course? Races out there. Yeah. I thought that
0: was its own course. Oh, that's okay.
1: Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I've, I believe it's a street course.
0: That would be a um, heck of a market to tap into.
1: Yeah, for real. I guess that would be like a combo
0: um, weekend with IndyCar. Is that what you're saying?
1: Possibly. Um, I mean, I guess it would have to be probably if it is on the streets. They'd probably wouldn't want to do that multiple times a year. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see um, what speedways they bring in over the next year. If if next year 2021 happens and the only new speedway is Nashville Super Speedway. Um, something wrong has happened. Yeah, um, that's for sure.
0: I guess another positive with the, with the super speedway, it's a lot closer to being able to host, obviously within a year, to host a cup race than the fairgrounds are. There is already soft walls and turns one in the turns, so like mm-hmm. they have to still add the soft wall among around the whole track now, and. I mean, it already holds 25,000, which I think is a great amount of people Mm -hmm. to kind of say, all right, this is what we got. Let's see what this does rather than, you know, adding 10, 20,000 more seats, which I think I'm hearing rumor that they could bring in portable seats, portable bleachers.
1: Yeah, I think their contract says up to 50,000.
0: Okay. Yeah, and it's for four years too.
1: Yeah. Um, But there are certain clauses in there, like um, they have to – there's this weird clause that they have to do everything in their power to get at up to 70% attendance. That's like, well, what does that mean everything in your power to get up to 70%? <laughs>
0: promote attendance. promote it like crazy. That's that's yeah. what they've got to do. Uh I heard this at that 70% might be for all tracks possibly. I think you're right, yeah. Um not so. obviously I not for this that. year. Obviously not for this year, but for next year i would think maybe 2022 might be a good year to start this mm-hmm. where so tracks have to sell at least 70% of their tickets and if they don't then there will be other options or there uh nascar may look elsewhere to host a race and then but, but then you're going to get a sense. lot of people that are like but no you can't do that to this track and this track and this track and this track that'll be the the hard part they'll probably yeah. leave like the crown jewel races like the 500 Brickyard, Coke 600. What's the other one? And there's four.
1: Uh, well, people argue over what they are. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, would say, I would, my, you know, and people have different four. So my four would be the Daytona 500, the Coca Cola 600, the Southern 500, and the Bristol Night Race. Like to me, those are the big four. I feel that. But I get why. I get, I mean, it's indie. So I get why people have the Brickyard. As one of them, and usually they take off either Darlington or the Bristol Night Race. Yeah, but um,
0: I wish I could look forward to the Brickyard 400 more. Like I do look forward to it in hopes that it's going to be a good race, because you know you you're you're kind of going off the high of the Indy 500, which is not the same race at all. Mm-hmm. And every time the Brickyard 400 happens, it's always yeah you know, oh okay it's boring, <laughs> yeah. Except yeah. what was it two years ago that it wasn't so boring? Casey um, Kane won.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> there was a lot of cautions, and yeah. that's basically like you never want a race to be exciting because there was a lot of cautions. There's a the reality that cautions are exciting, but if that's the reason a race is exciting, usually that's kind of eh. and I believe I could be wrong, but I believe that like Kane made a pretty bold call to stay out on old tires um and basically couldn't be passed i could be completely misremembering that but um it that was kind of a about surprise right. because kane hadn't won in like two years and it turned out to be his last win um so it was a cool very cool moment right
0: because um, that's that was the race that uh kyle bush and martin truex took out each other in turn one <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right that was, that
0: was great i loved every bit of that
1: which is great fun um so, that was the news for, for early last week of Speedways, um, and then a pretty boring race of Atlanta. Um, and then, part of the key thing that happened in Atlanta was, before the race, um, Steve O'Donnell had all the cars um, stop on the Speedway, um, and they addressed, um, specific, I believe it was Steve O'Donnell, um, yeah, it was. and addressed the uh, issues of racism, especially with um, NASCAR being a sport that kind of has a historical precedent. Of, it's the roots in the South um, and not being the most welcoming um, towards people of different colors, um, especially with, uh, you had, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the uh, driver, black driver that won a race and they took it away from him for some illegal part. Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott, yeah. Wendell Scott um, ran a bunch of races. His one victory was taken away from him. Um, and so because of that, it was a uh, it, it's. Not hasn't been uncommon to see, um, as was addressed this week with by NASCAR. Um, regularly see things like Confederate flags, or just kind of a it had a very old time southern cultural vibe to it. Um, and NASCAR um, is taking steps to address that they are welcoming and open to all people, all drivers. Um, which was a, um, a cool address for him to make, um, and I think an important address for NASCAR um, because of. Some of its history uh, within that.
0: Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And I'm—I was in the car uh, driving down Nolensville Nolensville Pike in Nashville, and he starts this speech, and he's you know he's going on. I'll be sure to put the speech in the show notes because I'm I meant to have him up for the for this. Uh, yeah, like you said, it was just a notion that NASCAR will do better uh with inclusion, with including everyone and being aware of the racial matters. Like we won't stay silent. And I thought it was so great. So I'm going down Nolansville Pike and I'm literally clapping so loud in the car and screaming like, Yeah this is awesome <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the person next to me was like, What is going on with this guy? Uh, so, yeah, super, super exciting to see this kind of stuff. And a lot of this is a thanks to Bubba Wallace.
1: Mm-hmm. I, th-
0: I think without Bubba, we wouldn't be having as many of these conversations. Would you yeah, agree and, with that?
1: Um, absolutely, yeah. And we, we probably um, – we we both, after we finished recording last week, we were like, oh, we forgot to mention this. But there's was a really great interview, um, I guess – for lack of a better term, we'll call it interview, between, or conversation um, between Ty Dillon and Bubba Wallace um, that was done last Tuesday or Monday on Instagram, and you can probably find that anywhere. Um, but just kind of conversation about um, just kind of some of the things that um, Bubba experienced growing up, um, both on the track in NASCAR, um, but also just out in life um, growing up as a, as a black man, that, living in um, the Mooresville area and stuff like that. And so it was a really good conversation. And um, Bubba's always been one that's like kind of he's he's a guy that um, has a great personality. He's always been out there, but he's never been one to really speak up about issues. Um, And there's kind of been a shift that's happened with him where he realizes this is, I think, partly a a responsibility, but more so an opportunity to um, just kind of speak into to people that may not have considered um, these different issues that um, our country's addressing and talking about when it comes to race. Um, and I think he's done a great job so far. i um, kind of promoting that.
0: Yeah. He, uh, he kind of has always had this doesn't care attitude with, with how people think about him. He wants to prove himself on the racetrack and he does beat himself up a lot about, about that. Like he always wants to be better and do better. And I think he's really honed that in with, this is how he can be better with, with bringing up all these um social issues all these uh what's what's a word I'm looking for uh, fragile issues and he just doesn't care about the backlash that has come his way
1: mm-hmm.
0: So I love seeing that I think it's absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad to be a fan of his like not just uh, like an outwardly fan like I'm a fan of say Chase Elliott. like I like seeing him on the track no I'm like I'm really thankful that I picked him to be my driver once Matt retired the first time. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he's he's young, he's fired up, and he just loves to race, and he just doesn't have a lot of baggage with him, and he's just outspoken, and he chooses his battles, I think, which yeah. I think is cool. Sometimes it bites him in the, in the butt. He lost a sponsor because he got fired up over an iRacing race, which... <laughs> The fact that the race last night was sponsored by Blue Emu, I was uh, like, boo, you guys have no backbone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and Bubba's 27.
1: I think so, yeah. So I was this, just looking this up earlier. This is
0: a ton on his shoulders. And the fact that he is constantly able to do so many interviews, having basically the same conversation with a different news media outlet. And to and to not be cynical or overly sarcastic, he's kind of already got like a sarcastic attitude, but he kind of controls it pretty well. He mm-hmm. he's just been very receptive to everyone asking him about it, and and when you have the likes of LeBron James, Richard Sherman, uh, there's one other retired NFL player who's like a super super NASCAR fan now. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, it was uh Bl- who was it Blanchard Bubba- or. or uh- I can't remember his name.
1: Yeah, Bubba Pollard. No, no, Bubba no Pollard's not, a race car driver. No, it was, but it was Pollard. wasn't no, it, it was
0: yeah, it was Pollard. Bernard Pollard Jr. Bernard Pollard. Yeah, um, played for the
1: Colts, if I bo- remember correctly.
0: He, yeah, he's got a podcast called the Bernard Pollard Show. So here's a unashamed <laughs> advertisement. So yeah, he's he he's got his last like twenty tweets are just about NASCAR, asking about different questions and stuff speaking of Twitter NASCAR lost a bunch of quote unquote fans yesterday because of all the social things they're they're doing but they also gained 3000 followers on Twitter after all this so props to them
1: <laughs> and viewership was up like crazy yesterday. 104% a, yeah increase in viewership um, over the dover race which was the same one last year which is run on a sunday not on a wednesday Wednesday night um so that was uh definitely impressive to see those numbers um a great race to have a bunch of people tune in for the first time i was wrong bubba pollard played for the texans ravens and titans and chiefs so not the colts so you i mean clearly Bern- bernard-, nothing.
0: bernard pollard
1: <laughs> yes bernard pollard not bubba pollard bubba pollard drives
0: a- uh, the 26 late model car for i don't know the cars tour maybe i don't know where who drives he for. races
1: all over the place he's kind of like the uh the most dominant like of the small na- small racing circuits like yeah. he's the best amongst those um, and he, I think he was in the cars tour race earlier this week, which we'll talk about later. Oh, we should um, definitely talk about that. <laughs> that'll be a, a question for, um, another segment. For sure. But,
0: Back with, uh, with Bubba real quick. He, people were, I think it was a CNN interview. They were asking him, what are the steps that NASCAR needs to do to continue to include more, you know, everyone. And Bubba said outright, "We need to drop the Confederate flag i was like there it is Mm -hmm. we finally are this is definitely going to happen because he is saying this on a very liberal news outlet that probably has everything against you everything to say negative things about nascar so he's saying this on this kind of platform which a lot of people who don't like nascar are watching Mm -hmm. and what was it not 48 hours did nascar ban it and i was I was cooking dinner last night when they made that announcement, and I was like, "Let's go." <laughs> uh, I wonder. Yeah. I want to read um, some snippets here. Uh, uh, Ryan McGee put out in a, a wonderful article. Uh, he's a NASCAR writer for ESPN. For those who don't know, and it starts with the stars and bars have been banned from NASCAR racetracks. Finally, that's kind of how he opened it up. And there, okay, here it is. Here's a little quote in its statement. NASCAR wrote the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors and our industry. Bringing people together around a love for racing and the community it creates is what makes fans and sports special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. And Ryan McGee says, damn right. The Confederate flag is gone and I will not miss it for a single second. I'll be sure to post this uh, article in our notes. It's a great article. I probably could, I could read it again, but it's gone. The Confederate flag is gone. Um, There's a lot of talk about, you know, it's, it's heritage, not hate, which is just a common thing. It's a common bumper sticker that you see. There's one of my neighbors has one. Um, well, that might be a little true. Overall, it's not true. Because the percentage of people who believe that do not outweigh the percentage of people who see it as hate. Uh, I, you could compare it to, this is a heck of an analogy, but you can compare it to if someone had a flag of a swastika. You wouldn't dare say, oh, that's heritage, not hate. It's like, yeah, no, that's that represents uh, mass genocide. <laughs> Right, uh, <laughs> and and you and, and at this point you can put the Confederate flag kind of in that same boat. Not necessarily mass genocide, but you can put and maybe in a way, um, you it is a a sign of hate. Everyone I talk to that's not a NASCAR fan, that's the first thing they think about is that NASCAR is just a bunch of rednecks and racists. And that like when, the, when they say that, I'm put in that boat, and I hate that. Um, I've always hated that. I can never win an argument saying that the, the, that's not what NASCAR is because mm-hmm. you, as soon as you turn it on and you see a, a shot of the you turn excuse me you turn a race on and you see a shot of the infield at say Talladega you're going to see some Confederate flags and immediately think, "Well, yep, racist sport."
1: Yeah, so. I mean, it's cool to be proud of being in, from the South. Um and we, you and I were texting about this last night. There's there's plenty of other ways to show you're proud of the South, you know. Um, That are much better ways of expressing that than um, especially opposed to using a flag like that, that um, has means so many things, you know, like you said, um, pointing towards racism um, and hatred and slavery and just the past. And so, um, definitely a good move by NASCAR, um, timely. And so, you know, some fans, you know, are some fans see this as more of NASCAR abandoning them. Um, but honestly, most of those fans left for real, um, years ago. And I assume most people don't really that are leaving the sport. If they are going to stop watching because of this, well, fine. Yeah. Bye. Uh, <laughs> you know. well,
0: who's that? Who's that? Uh, there's, a uh, Gander outdoor truck series driver. Very, I guess he's part-time. He said that he's leaving because of it. He said he never supported, like he was never, he never waved the Confederate flag, but he feels that NASCAR is taking the rights away of people. And I was like, yeah, "Uh, you know, you, you can fly that thing at home if you want to, go for it. But you can take three, four days out of your camping weekend at the racetrack and not fly it. Right. Be proud of your whole country and not your little world that doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah, I believe it was a, a truck owner that said that. Was it a truck um, and, owner? Yeah, okay. he's like an owner and his, his cars are his trucks are all back markers anyway, so he's selling all his stuff. Uh, Jeff Gluck was like, Okay, bye. Yeah, literally <laughs> like, that's that's ha- that's how I
0: feel. That's how I feel about it. That's um, I, I really don't have any sympathy for you, I guess.
1: So then one of the things I love about Bubba Wallace, especially is that he's a gamer. Um, and so whenever there's pressure moments um, he steps up to the plate I think about a couple years ago at the uh, the Charlotte race, um, the All-Star open um, where he had a great car and he had kind of was talking about the importance of performing well. Um, and at the end of the first green white checker, he like had this awesome battle for the lead and William Byron ended up like making an even more awesome pass to win the first stage. And then the second stage Bubba like went all out and won. Um, to advance into the all-star race, and it was just this great moment. And so, as soon as all this was happening, I was like, Bubba's going to have a great day on Wednesday night at um, Martinsville. Um, and I actually picked him to finish ninth, and he finished 11th as a part of what was just an awesome race up until the snooze fest of the last 100 laps, where Truex, um, you know, the best car, sometimes the best car just drives away from everything, and it is what it is. Um, but other than that, Martinsville was a great race. Um, and it was it was fun seeing it under the lights what'd you think of that i thought
0: it was so great um, I, it was such a bummer not to be there and it's it's yeah it was a snooze fest those last 100 laps but it was definitely not the first 400 um, i like what you said about if you if if cautions are what make a race good then we we're, we're, we're watching for the wrong reasons Um, and that's kind of what Martinsville was. There were, there were seven cautions. I think when at Bristol two weeks ago, there were 17 granted. They're basically two different racetracks completely. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I thought there, I thought Fox did a great job showing battles throughout the field. Kind of like what you can witness when you go to that racetrack, you you're Mm -hmm. able to find a bunch of different battles, leaders fighting traffic and whatnot. Um, yeah, super bummer not to be there, but uh, very exciting for sure. I mean, what Blaney? Good grief, man! He uh, he got a what was it? Oh, oh his um his pit crew over the wall too soon, so he had to go to the back of the field, back of the uh, longest line. I guess it was twenty third, and the the long runs were so long that he was able to get up to second <laughs> in mm-hmm. the same run. Uh, so that was really cool to see. You don't see. It's hard to 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 recover from that at Martinsville or any short track. So
1: and that was after it was it, it was wild. The first stage or the there's 65 laps to the first competition caution and at the end of those 65 laps, Ryan Blaney who started on the pole was a lap down in 30th. Denny Hamlin was a lap down in 20-something, and Kyle Busch was a lap down in 20-something. At one place point, they were all laps down, and Timmy Hill was like the last car on the lead lap in 20th. <laughs> I was like, what's happening with this race?
0: And, <laughs> um, and, and this is when you sent me a text saying, how drunk is this race?" Right.
1: <laughs> uh. It's just it was not the things you'd expect to see, but it made it great. Um, there was tons of comers and goers, especially with the tire fall off. It was pretty routine for the last 20 laps of the run. For you have the cars like Bubba Wallace and um, Jimmy Johnson, their cars like turned into rocket ships compared to everybody else because of how much better they managed their tires in a long run. Um, and it was it was great to see. You had awesome racing. Last year's Martinsville races, I think, had a combined one green flag pass for the lead and three passes for the lead overall like each race it was like insane how boring those races actually were where this year you had cars like three wide at several points yeah. throughout the race um and it was just a uh, stuff happening all over the place and like you said fox did a really good job of highlighting battles all throughout the field um you know typically I can't remember the number of times where it was like here's so and so struggling to get by, and it was either Matt Kenseth or Ryan Newman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Matt, man, uh, he's such such a not a letdown. I guess I'll 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 give it to him, but he went. I think he was three laps down by the end of the night and finished twentieth, twenty
1: first, something like that. Something him like and Denny that. Hamlin were going at it all night.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> man, yeah, I uh, um, it was. I think there was a. S- 18 cars in the lead lap by the end of the race.
1: That sounds right. Something um yeah, there. and especially with um keep bringing up Denny Hamlin, he's like Martinsville's his track. He's mm-hmm. probably won there 6 or 7 times. Um, he's been really dominant and so that's kind of the a place that you go to um, expecting to see him do really well and for him to spend over 400 laps one or multiple laps down is just shocking.
0: Yeah, I mean they were la- they lapped uh, I feel like twenty cars were a lap down by the competition caution, which I thought yep. which I thought was a little late for that competition caution. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Maybe I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, sixty five laps seems late into it. I wonder if they do it by percentage of laps. Probably. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that works, but you know you have some weeks it's it's like lap fifteen, and other weeks it's lap sixty five. Right. Um. <laughs> so
0: there were fourteen cars in the lead lap at the checker flag. Yeah. Uh, let me just was, read let me uh, read this real quick. Um so we had Martin Tricks first, Ryan Blaney second, Brad Kay third, Joey Logano fourth, which hey, way to go pinsky Yeah, like, for real. I'm not a Logano fan, but I mean if that's pretty great for the whole team. Uh and
1: their uh De Benedetto was like sixth. He was right?
0: he was seventh, Byron eighth, Kurt Busch ninth, which dude, talk about Mr. Consistency for twenty twenty. Kurt Busch just kind of keeps hanging out in the top mm-hmm. 10. Um, here's, here's the shocker one. So Bubba finished 11th, which he easily could have finished top five, um, yeah. maybe, maybe top seven. Um, yeah,
1: they had a something break on their car, and so pit stops took longer. Yeah, there so kept setting on the back. It,
0: there's a chain on the car that allows the uh, car to lift faster when you jack it. So the jackman just has to do one pump, and then the car goes up. But well, that chain mm-hmm. broke. Which then caused the jack man to have to jack the car up, like do about three, three or four pumps to get it to the height he he needs, and that's what slowed them down. The first time, once they figured it out, that was the problem. They were able to have halfway decent pit stops, but that's what broke. And man, I feel like something always breaks with him, with with the RPM stuff. I hate it. Right. My I, I love that he's with RPM. I I'm wondering if all this publicity he's getting and if he can continue doing these top fifteens if. I wonder if he's gonna be the next one in the twenty one car. Possibly. I just thought about that.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Here we are. all right. So Bubba finished eleventh. Ryan Newman finished twelfth. Which hey, he's Newman's back. Mm-hmm. Chris Chris Busher, thirteenth. Michael McDowell fourteenth. I mean, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I see you. Uh, front Row Motorsports. Corey LaJoy finished eighteenth, ahead yes. of Kyle Busch.
1: And Denny Hamlin, which... Did you follow that drama this week? No. Oh, my goodness. Uh, We'll get to that. I'll explain that later. But uh, anyway... Um, um, One
0: thing I did want to point out um, here... uh, This is totally total shift here. Uh, As we all know, it's hot. It is uh, is summertime, and these guys are racing two races in a matter of seven days. Sometimes three, uh, depending on if you're racing more than one series. uh, At... Atlanta, Bubba fainted twice mid-interview post-race right there on live television. Very scary. Thankfully he recovered. He's totally fine now. Uh last night, Austin Dillon had to leave the race early because of how hot it is. Uh do you think that hey, this is going to be a weekly thing that we see because it's not rare to see this kind of, you know, guys being hooked up to some sort of ventilator or or some sort of first aid after a race, after a hot race. Um, so, do you think that's going to be a common thing? And B, will NASCAR shorten races to protect these guys um, from from getting sick and and you know passing out or whatever?
1: I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Atlanta's Atlanta's hot. That's why usually they run it earlier in the year. Hot Atlanta um, And the big thing with. Austin Dillon was that that wreck on like lap four took out his crush panels, which has a lot to do with air conditioning. Um, and so his car was uh, super hot all night, um, which led to him um, having to come out at lap 400, um, which so that's a, a key part. of it. At one point, they showed him getting ice bags. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, he's got like 15 ice bags on him. Um, and so that still wasn't um, doing the effects. So it'll be interesting to follow from a, a safety pattern, um, especially as you got like, um, you know, Indianapolis on July 4th weekend, that's going to be hot, uh, which I guess that's a problem you run into every year. I mean, as far north as you try and go in the summer, it's still hot. And then you get in that race car and it's even hotter. Um, so I'm not ready to say that, yes, it's going to be a problem, but I am saying NASCAR needs to, and I'm sure they are, um, definitely be monitoring this the next few weeks um, and making sure that it isn't a habit. Um, and if it is, then, yeah, I, I think they should be shortening races anyway. Um, yeah, because we've got, we to got
0: to we, we've got we've uh, got we've got Florida. We got Homestead this weekend. So that's going to be yes. real sweltering. And then we're kind of back to normal with schedule, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. So we'll we'll see. I mean I'm all for shortening up races. Agreed. I mean I'm just I'm just I'm just ready for it.
1: I mean last night was it was another late one, you know, it was like eleven something when the race ended and I was like this race should have been four hundred laps long. Oh yeah, and if there four had days. been
0: multiple cautions, you know, if there had been ten, mm-hmm. fifteen cautions, we would have been there till at least midnight. <laughs> cool. Well um um you got anything else with NASCAR related things?
1: Well, let's uh let's move to the uh our um play on yellow card red card segment here which still probably needs a better name but
0: (laughs) i i i look forward to this to to those who don't know this this is kind of josh's baby so i never know what questions he's going to say so these are very much uh on the spot reactions for me so i look forward to this every week
1: now (laughs) Yeah. And so a couple of these uh are we've already referenced to a little bit of a degree, but um we're going to go through right now they're all because again racing is really all that's going on. Um they're all going to be racing related. Um so the first one like I said we kind of covered this a little, but Nashville Speed Super Speedway hosting a race hurts the long-time long-term goal of a race at the fairgrounds.
0: Yellow card. Right? That, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I have to make sure that's the reaction I want. Yes, it does it. I give it, I give the whole situation a yellow card.
1: Yeah. Um. So the next one, Atlanta is the best of the cookie cut cookie cutter racetracks.
0: Yellow card. I think Texas is.
1: Texas is. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: bumpy and wide, dirt.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'd uh. I think Atlanta's the best right now, just because, but I guess Texas is super bumpy. We'll see when that one comes. I'll hold it, hold a comparison <laughs> between the two. Um, all right. So last week, after the Atlanta week, I guess earlier this week, after the Atlanta race, Corey LaJoy and Denny Hamlin were going back and forth um, pretty, and it, it got pretty intense where um, Corey LaJoy was basically making the comment of the importance of the car. And Denny Hamlin was saying that um, car's not everything, bud. Um, You know, car helps, but that doesn't give you that extra edge. Um, And so basically they went back and forth with this because Corey LaJoy is in a lower tier car. Um, Hamlin is in what we'd call one of the the best cars. Um, So do you think Corey LaJoy would do just as well as Denny Hamlin in the 11 car? If somebody said that, okay, that's the statement. Corey LaJoy would do just as well as Denny Hamlin in the 11 car.
0: If I agree with that, I guess that'd be a play on. Yes. Yeah, play on. I think Corey can wheel a car. He just and and what he does with the car with the equipment he has is great. Also, wow, I'm about to go on a rant here. Uh, <laughs> Denny has slowly gotten on my nerves lately. And I say lately, probably within the last year or two, where he's just complaining about everything. Like, bro, you are you have always been in the best equipment since day one. I'm talking not even Cup. I'm talking like Xfinity and mm-hmm. and so on. Which, I mean, a lot of guys obviously come up the rank in the same team. Like, that's normal. But I feel like lately he has been complaining a lot about other drivers' comments and stuff. And I'm just kind of tired of it. Martin Shurek, mm. same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it seems like as the, these guys get older, they don't want to hear stuff from the younger people. You, much.
0: you you know who's gotten their stuff together? Who I easily could like more? Kevin Harvick. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, yep. if If I think at this point, if it, if Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin are going for the win, I'm going for Kevin Harvick. Yeah, wow. you you heard that world? Wow. You heard that?
1: That's that's a very big surprise <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know. Um, so I'm kind of taken aback by that. <laughs> um, the thing with uh, this is I think that, that Corey LaJoy would do well in a Hamlin's ri- Ride eventually. Um, and David Smith did a really good job of pointing this out, that basically it's really it's easier to make improve a bad car than it is to make a good car and make it the best. Like it's much easier to take a 20, 30. Like Joy, Corey LaJoy's car is typically in speed ratings around 30th or 31st. And he routinely gets it finishes in the upper 20s uh, or low 20s, I guess, high teens occasionally, like last night. Um, but Denny Hamlin has that ability, he, or he has the experience of what to do to take a fourth place car and get a win out of it, which is much more difficult. And that takes time um, and learning. Um, but I'd love to see Corey LaJoy get a shot. He was in that group of, um, you know, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson, um, Ty Dillon, and like all the Alex Bowman, they all kind of came up together. And Corey LaJoy has just never gotten the shot that any of the other ones have. Um, Daniel Suarez, guys like that, who for the most part of all, I guess Bubba is the only other one within that group that hasn't gotten that a chance at like a, at least a level, a B-level ride. Um, I guess the 43 cars just shy of that. Um, so Corey and Bubba are two drivers that I'd love to see get a better shot um, in the car. Um, so anyway, that's a fun thing to look up. Um, the Corey LaJoy, Denny Hamlin drama was entertaining for I, at least. I never
0: day. heard about it. I wonder if it was just completely shadowed over, you know, all the black lives matter and whatnot.
1: I'm sure it was. Yeah. Um, I never, I
0: never saw it. And yeah. I just want to preface that, I guess preface. Sure. Uh, mm. that I, I don't think Denny is a bad driver whatsoever. There, There are times when I have cheered for him. And there will be times where I still cheer for him. Mm -hmm. Probably against the 18. And that's
1: probably about it. (laughs) Um, So finally, last thing. um, And I'm just going to make this as broad of a statement as possible. Um, Ace Speedway and everything that went into that whole situation this week. Play on, yellow card, red card.
0: Mm. Red. (laughs) (laughs) I guess can you, uh, can it, (laughs) this is so stupid. Uh, Here's a little bit of soccer knowledge, I guess. Can it be like a yellow card? And then the guy fouls somebody again. And then the, then the ref says play on (laughs) and doesn't give him the second (laughs) yellow card. (laughs) It's such a convoluted thing. I, I get what the governor's saying, but at the same time, dude, like you're worried so much about numbers. And people getting sick, if people were for our nervous, don't go, I don't know. I'm so over this. Let's just get yeah. back to the racetrack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i uh, I give everything at a speedway, a red card with one exception, and that is the actual race. Um, basically they they went ahead against the governor's orders and they had fans come to the race. Um, they um, which that and of itself, I'm like, whatever, but then they like, called it you know they're like oh we're just protesting which that was that
0: was a that was that was a a a jerk move
1: (laughs) you know there's there's a very clear and obvious difference between protesting um and going to attend a race um but then and then cooper um the governor seems to be making an example of the speedway um, when there's plenty of other areas that are um flaunting the uh, recommendations and requirements in north carolina so to shut down the speedway is lame but the race itself was awesome especially um after josh barry so the cars tour is one of the lower tours they race at a bunch of short tracks um josh barry got um moved and turned around by a guy that has done it multiple times and so he in turn wrecked this guy while he was leading it was a pretty uh um pretty matt kenseth meets joey lugano type situation absolutely and uh it was awesome to see. Um, the fans loved it. Um, the drama on Twitter afterwards was fantastic with Kelly um, Earnhardt. Uh, is that I got that name wrong. No, that's right. Miller, I think um, it's the last name. Miller, that's it. Elledge is her daughter. Anyway, <laughs> it's hard to follow. But anyway, her and her husband were basically like, we were perfectly okay with him getting sat and suspended and there's all kinds of drama that unfolded with it. That was awesome. But all the other stuff around the speedway. Um, yeah, I agree. Red card, um, or two yellows or a yellow with a play on, but then you get the second yellow later. Yeah. That's kind of where <laughs> I'm at with it.
0: It's not an instant red card. It's like, mm-hmm. cause it was very gradual and I thought it was brave. At first I thought it was brave. And then they, and then they, um, like the first week and they came back and then they came back the following weekend and I was Thinking, oh wow, they're they're just gonna go for it, and then yeah, the governor's just making an example of them, which I get. Um, you know, I I don't want people sick, but right. um, but, and I don't. I, at this point, I can't tell if this virus is still hurting a lot of people and what stats are politically charged. Like, yeah, I just don't know anymore. Uh,
1: yeah. You read something different every day. It's like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know. I'm just like I guess
0: I'll just continue living my life and saving the money I have, and, and we'll yep. we'll get back to normal eventually. So, yeah, I mean, does a speedway? Do they are they like shut down, shut down, or just for the time being until crowds can get back together?
1: You know, I don't know. I think I'm hoping it's just shut down for the time being, um, but there's there's just a trend of short tracks are dying across the across the state across the country um and i'd hate to see the government interfere and in causing another one to be shut down but you know whatever happens happens if anything they're um, getting
0: a heck of a lot of publicity
1: that's that's a good point. i
0: never heard of it until the only two i I've ever heard were hickory and uh Bowman gray stadium
1: yeah i hadn't heard of it either and it's like 70 minutes away from my house i saw all this i was like wait I would have gone to this. <laughs> yeah, not had like a wedding going on that day. <laughs> so random. Uh, learned about something. Good, new, but uh,
0: good grief. Yeah. Well,
1: so this this ahead. weekend's homestead. Um, yeah. So it should be a good race, hopefully, um, as long as it's not Atlanta Part Two. So be sure to uh, tune into that, people. Um, and soccer is back next Wednesday with the Premier League. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. <laughs> It's gonna be sorry. great.
0: Crying a little bit. It's Man City yes. and Arsenal, Sheffield United, and oh, Aston Villa.
1: It's of supreme port- importance that Manchester City wins that game against Arsenal.
0: Yes, for your sake. Because, for my sake. Yeah. Because if
1: Arsenal claiming the crown at Goodison Park. Would just be too much for my. You mean Liverpool? My dear old soul, Liverpool. Yeah, sorry, we were just talking about Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> can't even bear to say their name. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so that's uh that's the sports world we're in right now.
0: That is any uh anything you want to ramble about?
1: Ah, uh, not not really at the moment. I'm a I'm good. I got my ranting out to you. I text a couple <laughs> of nights ago, that's,
0: guys. He sent me a text that was probably. 400 characters is the longest thing ever i was like whoa because <laughs> usually i'm the one that kind of throws up and and rants to josh so i don't have to rant on twitter because what, what good does that do um i don't right. really have a ramble i kind of have a it's a kind of a cool story uh and the the good taps back into the confederate flag and we can kind of end on this it's it's pretty cool so it's a story about dale earnhardt and it's uh Dale Earnhardt and the Confederate Flag. It's an article written five years ago by Nate Ryan. Have you seen this?
1: Uh, Is this the one about the bumper sticker?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Um, So the the beginning of this article reads, what would Dale Earnhardt do? Which a lot of people always ask of any decision, grand decision that NASCAR makes because Dale Earnhardt was – He'd probably be the president of NASCAR if he were still around. Let's be real here, or not mm-hmm. want to do it at all. Um, so a long time ago, he had um, a—I don't want to say a maid. What what they call? It? What was
1: a housekeeper?
0: Oh yeah, a housekeeper um, who was African American, and she asked, and and then uh, Dale Earnhardt had a Confederate sticker on his on the bumper of his truck. That said, American by birth, Southern by the grace of God. And it had a little confederate flag next to it. So the housekeeper, her name was Ann. She asked um, Dale Jr.'s Stepmother and about the rebel flag on the back of his truck. Dale got wind of it. And the next thing that Ann saw was Dale taking a razor blade to his bumper and scraping off the, the confederate flag sticker. Because he wanted to respect his housekeeper and acknowledged you know he didn't want to perceive that he didn't want to make it seem like you know a symbol of hate like he didn't want to have that Mm. on his vehicle if it offended her and made her feel uncomfortable and i just thought that was really cool um dale jr's got a quote here uh that part that part of his legacy has been carried by dale jr who weighed in on the story and declared it's offensive to an entire race it belongs in the history books that's about it Mm. so i thought that was really cool yeah yeah, um, that's awesome. I didn't. I had no idea that was even a, an article. And Nate Ryan, uh, tweeted it out last night. So,
1: yeah. There's this. Uh, there's this trend that Dale Earnhardt Jr. keeps having all these stories about his dad come out, and I begin to appreciate more and more how awesome Dale Earnhardt was.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's you know, growing up, we. I I I I feel like I can speak for you as well. As we grew up, you know, not necessarily to like Dale Earnhardt. You know, he no. was like, you know, the most either loved or hated guy on the racetrack. And looking back now, I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I didn't like him, but I kind of wish I would have liked him more, but I never hated him. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely miss him still. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you do really wonder what, what he would be saying about all this right now. He kind of was the, the dad of NASCAR to a degree. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, it would be interesting to see. I think he'd probably um, he probably wouldn't be as assertive as people think. People are like, oh, Dale Earnhardt would have never let this happen. I'm like, ah, Dale Earnhardt had a pretty good idea of uh, entertainment and its importance. He so mi- a lot of NASCAR's decisions have been around that, you know.
0: Oh sure, he. I mean, if anything, Dale would probably be like Harry Gant, where he'd hop on his John Deere tractor and go plow his field. And not really yeah. have much contact with the NASCAR media, and they might check in with them once every six to eight months. Yep. and you'd see him That's at the exactly you'd outdated. see him on the racetrack on top of the hauler watching Dale race, or you know watching his team do his thing. You know, mm-hmm. so who knows? Yeah. Well, folks, well, um, again, sorry for the late release. We just kind of wanted to see what would happen with Martin Zill. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, we'll be yeah. we'll uh, do the regular release next Wednesday. This one will be released tomorrow. You'll be listening to it right now, so it's released. Congratulations you're listening to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy us. <laughs> so
0: with that I am Nick and I am Josh. And we will and see I'm you guys born later. Born now, Bye.
1: can you hear me still
0: yes I still can hooray